episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by Silver Screen and Roll, an SB Nation Lakers community. I am Christian Rivas, and I am making my triumphant return from my mini vacation in Hawaii, which was super dope. If you have not been like I had not been uh, up until last week, I highly recommend you go. Um, And I really, like, it was so nice that I didn't even check my phone while I was out there. Jacob, I... If, if you could just, like, do me a favor and just update me on, on the, the things that have happened since I've been gone. Terrible news. Remember how they were, like, debating whether to sign a free agent and there was, like, that kind of random person that no one didn't know that said, like, oh, they're seriously considering Dwight. And everybody's like, oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, well... It happened. <laughs> and uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. I'm coming back from vacation. I kind of have airplane brain, but I'm not stupid, okay? None of the Lakers wouldn't sign Dwight Howard after that season they had in 2013. Um, so it was it was a good joke. I, it was a little lazy, if we're being honest. I think you could have put a little more effort into it, but... Very funny, um, but what a- what actually happened? Well, you see the part where you think the Lakers operate like in this logical world. Um, <laughs> they don't <clears throat> seem to be interested in doing that, and um, but it really happened. And he's wearing the most random number I could possibly think of, which I have no idea what it means. But Dwight Howard D thirty nine. Come back. What was it? D12 stay? D39 come back. Oh, man. 39, huh? I don't even... Is is 12 taken? Uh, I don't think so. I don't even know what 39 could stand for. Like, the amount of, like, second chances he's gotten. They're, like, (laughs) refreshed. What was it? A new him every... Every, uh... Every offseason? Uh... Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not. If anybody listened to the podcast last week and heard Honey and I talk, neither of us <laughs> were particularly high on Dwight. Neither of us thought it was a real thing that was going to happen. And here we are. Devontae Kaycock is wearing number 12, apparently. Welp. That number may open up pretty soon. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they only have. I mean, they have no open roster spots now because they're going to wave Eric Coleman. To make room for Dwight Howard. Oh. If this if this was literally six years ago, I'd be over the moon. Like, when I think of, like, all jokes aside, when I think of the magnitude of the Anthony Davis trade, like, when all of that went down, I was thinking of the last time I felt this way about the Lakers acquiring a player. And it was Dwight Howard, like... Dwight Howard, for everything, like, the the reputation he's garnered over the past few years of being, like, a locker room cancer and, you know, not being able to stay healthy, 
I don't think Dwight Howard in his prime was as skilled as Anthony Davis is because Anthony Davis is just like a completely different beast. But you look at their numbers and they are eerily similar. Like they were equally as dominant in their eras as they are now. And they're roughly the same age, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, but but that's not the Dwight Howard the Lakers are getting this time around. That's not even the Dwight Howard they got the first time I was around. Say, I'm still waiting on that version of Dwight to show up. <laughs> and I I tweeted this when when I found out because I did. I we I talked about this off the air, but I was three pina coladas in <laughs> at the bar at the hotel when when the news broke, and I kind of just looked at it and went. <laughs> That's crazy. Dwight Howard back with the Lakers. Which I think the funniest thing about it is that he's arguably the most hated player in Los Angeles sports. Like, that didn't play for a rival team just because of of the time he spent with with a team in Los Angeles. Yeah, I was trying to think. I don't know. I mean, everybody hates Paul Pierce. That one feels a little easy. Uh, And he was only a Clipper for, like, a year, I think. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I know a lot of people were upset with Manny Machado at the end of the Dodgers season, but it wasn't anywhere close to the levels of what Dwight Howard was. Like, that man was instantly reviled. Like, even just, like, turning down the Lakers in free agency already made him, like, hated enough. But then, like, all of the stories that came out about... Um, him asking to amnesty Kobe if he came back yeah. and stuff like that. Like, he literally went at, like, the face of the Lakers for that generation <laughs> of people. And, yeah, so he earned his uh, hatred. But, yeah, I think you may be right. I don't know if there's anybody. I mean, even if you include people from rival teams, like, there's not many people I think that Lakers fans hate more. It's a short list than Dwight. Yeah, and. The craziest thing about it is that he's he's been booed literally every time he's been to Staples Center since then. And we were talking about this before we started recording. It's not going to stop. Like, he's absolutely going to get booed on opening night. Well, yeah, that's what I tweeted when he got signed. I'm like, this is going to be so odd because he 100% the first time. Well, I guess there's a possibility he starts. But he's 100% going to be booed when he... Uh, when he's introduced, I said the first time, and I had like four or five people be like, no, every time. Yeah, and I think that's totally like feasible, which is crazy. And every, like, as they say, every Lakers game is a home game. So he could even get that from rival arenas. And <laughs> it took. I mean, considering the number of teams he's played for, it's going to be a mix of Lakers fans and teams he used to play for. Yeah, he's going to go to, like, Atlanta and Charlotte and just, like, literally ev- Orlando. Everybody is going to boot Houston. I don't know that Washington. Memphis. Yeah, I don't know Memphis. His story time in Memphis. Washington only had him for nine games. I don't know how upset they could be with him. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be booed heartily. Um, which Brooklyn, too. Oh, good lord. I've, yeah, all these places. Uh, which, yeah, I... He says he's a changed man, but, I mean, this is the five millionth time he said that. So, I mean, believe that with a million pounds of grains of salt, basically. Yeah, and uh, we'll try not to spend too much time on this because I 
think the plan is to go a little deeper on this, bearing some breaking news. Uh, but because I didn't give my, my two cents on it when it happened, I think my optimism comes from a place where he really is, like, he needs the Lakers more than they need him. Like, he really needs a big year and a big market on a contending team. Not, like, maybe not to earn a big contract next season, but to earn, like, a contract next season. Um, and because I, I do think this is probably the first time Dwight Howard has gotten a little taste of rock bottom and his basketball, his basketball mortality has looked at him head on. Like, even in Washington, he was kind of seen as that final piece, that center they've needed for so long. Because, I mean, who, who have they rotated through before then? Oh, it was or, uh, Gortat was there. Gortat, Mahimi. Yeah, they gave a huge contract to Mahimi. <laughs> Jason Smith, yeah. and then it's, our it's, son Thomas Bryant. <laughs> Which, by the way, I of all the off-season silliness, I think it was lost. The fact that Thomas Bryant led the league in field goal percentage <laughs> with with a certain amount um, of attempts, of course, because I'm sure somebody like took one shot and made one shot. But yeah, Thomas Bryant was so good. For for the Wizards last season, and you can argue it was like on a or sorry, not field goal percentage, two point percentage. He made sixty eight point five percent of his two point. That's attempts. almost really nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, and the Lakers uh, waved him for nothing. Yeah, there's anyway. an alternate universe where our center rotation next to Anthony Davis is Zubats and Thomas Bryant. <laughs> And Zubats' salary could have been used in the trade, blah, 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 blah. I've, I've beaten that horse dead. It's, um, it's still, it still warrants <laughs> it. <laughs> when we just signed Dwight Howard, when we could have had him, like, please continue beating. <laughs> and, like, the thing with Dwight, the argument I will make, at least going into training camp, is that I don't see how much worse he can be than Tyson Chandler on the condition that he really believes that, like, he can help a contending team and he will buy into a new role as either a backup center or a low-usage starter. He's still athletic, assuming his back doesn't fall apart midseason. Because he's he's had... Two back surgeries since 2013, one that he's only less than a year removed from. Not a great sign. Um, but assuming all of those things are true, I think Dwight Howard can have a productive bounce-back year and a right role playing alongside LeBron James, playing under Frank Vogel, who has historically gotten the most out of his centers, particularly defensive centers like Dwight Howard. Um, Jacob, the only problem is there's a everything, everything, all the evidence is there. I was gonna say a mountain of evidence <laughs> that goes against everything you just said. Yeah, like uh, that is the optimistic like version that every team has been trying to. The Rockets <laughs> tried to do that. The Hawks tried to do that. The Hornets tried to do that. Washington tried to do that. 
And then he that like Shams is even doing that for him this year before he even <laughs> signed with the Lakers. So I mean, I everybody everybody yeah. has heard about how Dwight's uh, learned from his past and is ready to uh, to be a new man and have a new beginning. And we I think that's so funny, man. Like I I'm all for personal growth, you know. But at 33 years old, talking about. I'm a grown man now. I've matured a whole bunch. Like, I know what kind of man I am, and I've grown up a lot. It's like, congratulations, you're 33 years old. <laughs> well, like, the, the funniest thing that happened, uh, it was either Sunday or Monday, was that, like, uh, Laker Twitter superstar Damon uh, Rangula tweeted a screenshot with, like, four different like articles like the headlines of like Dwight's off to a or Dwight wants to like start anew and stuff and I had already I had done a similar tweet with four different articles so like we're almost in double digits of times Dwight said like alright I'm a new man I I don't think he's ever said he hit rock bottom before but he's like I'm a changed man this is a new yeah. beginning like that's the, that's my biggest problem with this is that like I mean, LeBron has a history in the past of, like, making some of these, uh, I don't want to say head cases, but making some of these, like, uh, personalities work with his teams. I mean, J.R. Smith is the greatest example, but um, I don't know, man. I, I really, it's just, I just don't think, like, I really don't think that he's going to provide anything... That, like, Joe Kim Noah couldn't have. Yeah, and I think that's probably the the biggest gripe I have with this signing is that there was a, like, a single center on the market that was pretty good last season by almost every metric and, you know, was healthy and does appear in, you know, (laughs) NBA runs during the summer where he's doing finger guns and calling out Devin Booker for not wanting to get double team. <laughs> That's the kind of uh, guy I want on the team, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I understand, like, he and LeBron have kind of a history. Like, they don't they don't get along. And I honestly, the funniest thing about all of this is similar to the Jason Kidd signing, I'm sure LeBron James is all about this. Like, I he hasn't, surprisingly, he has not tweeted anything. I was going to say, I'm not so sure he is because I don't <laughs> think, like, even so I think like Anthony pointed this out earlier this week, but like even Jared Dudley, who's like Mister like great teammate and everything, like yeah. hasn't said like welcome to the team, Dwight, and like the Lakers have officially announced it. Like that could easily be reading too much into it, but <laughs> like uh, no current Laker, I don't think has welcomed Dwight to the team, and <laughs> this has been a group that's been pretty close from what it seems. They're all planning on going to. To Vegas together, which, God, that trip just got a lot more interesting with Dwight now. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, un- unless I'm misremembering, didn't didn't Jason Kidd, LeBron James, and Dwight Howard all play on that Olympic team? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we have – we can just go get Mellow now and have, like, a <laughs> third of that Olympic team on our roster – uh, what, seven years later? You're right. And look, take a trip down memory lane with, lane with me. 
If 10 years ago, somebody told you Rajon Rondo, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, and shoot. I guess Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley was a, was a hooper back then. Um, mm-hmm. All on the same team. I'd pick that team to win the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, like, this legitimately in 2010 would have been, like, the favorite. Like, Kid, right. Rondo, LeBron, Dwight, like, even, I mean, <laughs> you could have even had, a, I don't know how old he would have been, like, 12, 13-year-old Anthony Davis on that team, probably. <laughs> but this team would have legit been really good in 2010, but it's, uh, it's not 2010, and... Um, I don't know, man. I there's a lot of ways that this could go right, and like in an ideal version, like in a vacuum, basically, um, Dwight accepts that role and um, just like plays his role, plays hard, and just shuts up and plays, basically. But yeah, Dwight hasn't earned the like he's completely lost the benefit of the doubt at this point. So I mean like until he proves that it can happen, like I'm not going to believe it's going to happen and it, it's just it's it's frustrating. I did not I really was hoping the Lakers would just be like Free of any players that like were going to cause issues. Like if KCP was going to be our biggest problem, I can handle that. But now it's going to be like a year with Dwight Howard. Like, oh god, I'm I'm like still scarred because I first started covering the Lakers. My like first big news things that I was doing were covering the Dwight Mayor like free agency and. That was an absolute nightmare, and that scarred me on top of, like, all of the things he did that season and, like, wanting to amnesty Kobe and, like, the picture of Kobe and him, like, fake fighting with Mike D'Antoni and, like, breaking (laughs) it up and, like, all of that stuff is just... That's still, like, an open wound that I can kind of understand that, like, nobody that was with the franchise then is still here now are very few people so I I would assume that's kind of the argument they're using but woof this was a tough pill to swallow I was quite frustrated when the news came out well it's a it's a non-guaranteed deal I and mean, if you had a guess yeah. is is there a world where he doesn't make the roster uh doesn't make the roster would be a bit of a surprise. I mean, if his back and back and butt basically are really that bad, <laughs> um, maybe. But I mean, that's kind of like that was the other weird thing. Like the Lakers like started issuing like almost all these ultimatums. Like as soon as like they signed him, like now listen, he's on like it's basically like a day to day contract, and like they can cut him at any point. And, uh, which was odd that they immediately were like, listen, we're not going to put up with anything. Like, not great to tell your, the guy that you just signed, but, um, I don't think I see any world where he doesn't make the roster out of training camp. If things go awry during the season, like, he's probably going to be one of the first ones cut unless he's just playing at like an all-star level. 
Yeah. Um, because he's the easiest one to cut. He's on the non-guaranteed deal, and you can kind of shake things up and cut him and say, listen, Anthony Davis, you're going to have to play center whether you like it or not. And we tried, and it didn't work, and go from there. I would be... I wouldn't be surprised if he's cut during the season, but I think he'll make the roster out of training camp. It's interesting that you, you mentioned him getting cut because if if Dwight does just play his ass off and, and just does really well for the Lakers and somebody like, say, Andre Iguodala becomes available, um, do they waive Dwight at that point or do, do they look elsewhere on the roster to to open that rock to open that spot I mean right now I think the two most likeliest people like in this scenario where Dwight's actually playing well the two guys that they're going to look at are going to be Boogie and Troy Daniels yeah um Boogie right now will just I, I'll just say that I'd be surprised if he's on the roster at the end of the week assuming yeah. like the the investigation goes forward that quickly. Like, mm-hmm. I think as soon as this investigation's done, he's probably going to be gone. Um, which is unfortunate for a lot of reasons, but uh, I, I think that in that case, I think Boogie basically, his days are kind of numbered um, because the Lakers can basically, even if this whole situation doesn't lead to him being cut they can cut him later in the year and then more or less petition the nba to allow him to use their facilities to rehab um and which uh his contract's guaranteed anyway like it's just lost money at this point so i think he would be next in line um to be cut after dwight at this point because he's basically just using up a roster spot that they can easily open up um after that I would say probably Troy Daniels, but if we're making three, two or three different roster moves, or we're having to cut people, like I think things have probably gone awry at that point anyway. We'll see what happens. I I agree. I think Demarcus and I I'd argue Rondo's probably more likely to get cut than than Troy Daniels, assuming he doesn't play well. I understand he has some relationships in that locker room that will probably prevent that from happening. Um, yeah, I think from, he's he's probably pretty safe. He has enough cachet with LeBron and yeah. Anthony Davis that it's going to take... And he also signed a two-year deal, which is was really odd then and is still really odd now. But, I think um, it was a uh, team option, though, no? Uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong. Um, regardless... Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, he has enough relationships on the team to probably not get cut. I'm talking from a strictly basketball standpoint, though. Like, okay, yeah. Outside of DeMarcus Cousins, who isn't going to play a game next season, I think Rajon Rondo is the weirdest fit with this roster. And uh, But, again, DeMarcus is probably going to be the, the first to go. And, uh, I mean, plugging up that three spot with, with Iguodala would be so good. But, I mean... Feels like we've been talking about this for so Just long. Just do it, it already, it, Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> it, it feels like it might not happen. And they, I talked about this in the silver screen and roll slack, but the Grizzlies still have to cut so many players mm-hmm. bef- 
before the season starts, even after Dwight. I think they have seventeen people on the seventeen or eighteen people on the roster right now. It's it's a lot, and they have to really choose between like Miles Plumley, Solomon Hill, Yvonne Rab, uh, Bruno Caboclo. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Uh, and Josh Jackson. Those are the guys. They have eighteen guys on their roster, including Dwight. So they'll have so, they'll have seventeen guys on the roster. Well, that okay. Dwight's gone, so seventeen guys on the roster. Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming Jonas Valanciunas is going to get traded because I, I I don't know why he signed that contract. I don't know why they didn't just commit to that <laughs> Brandon Clark, Darren Jackson Jr. front court. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jay Crowder. He's another guy that could very well get cut. I, I mean, I don't see it happening. I think um, his salary is low enough that he's only making $7.8 million. I think he could pretty easily be traded for. If I had to guess, it's going to be Iggy, Solomon Hill, and probably Plumley. That's a lot of money you're just buying guys <laughs> out with. This is just such a weird contract. I mean, maybe they, I don't know, Yvonne Rabb. Looks like it's non-guaranteed. Maybe he's cut. I don't know why you'd cut a young guy and keep an old guy, though. It's just they did some really kind of weird things with their roster, and they just kept adding players and kept adding players. And, yeah, I mean, they literally have to cut multiple people before the season starts. That is really funny. I don't know if I'd take any more of those guys other than Iggy. Like, I certainly wouldn't mind Solomon Hill. He's... You know, not my first choice. I just think the Lakers need a big wing, is is my point. I mean, if Jay Crowder was cut 100%, but I would be, that would be really odd if they cut Jay Crowder because he makes a low enough contract that a contender could probably, I mean, the Lakers could trade for him fairly easily come December 15th and the, the, uh, the Grizzlies can get some kind of asset for him, but... Yeah, it would only be Crowder and Iggy for me that I'd want from that team. Is it doesn't Jay Crowder like not? Th- didn't he hate playing with LeBron James? Uh, I mean, it's possible he was on that really bad like half season. I think everybody hated playing with one another, <laughs> like Isaiah Thomas and Crowder and him and Wade and that was just yeah, a, Shumpert. Shumpert wasn't crazy about it either. Yeah, that was just a really odd collection of teams or players on the team. He he hated it, but yeah, and that team went to the finals. Yeah, I mean with different parts, but which is almost more impressive that they basically completely <laughs> remade the team at the deadline, and then LeBron's like, "All right, I'll take them all to the finals. Let's go." Basically, the Lakers carried them to the finals because of that trade with Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye. So, you're welcome, Cleveland, and also thank you, Cleveland. <laughs> I will never understand why it is you made that trade, but um, not even a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're reaping the benefits now. A um, few other things we should touch on uh, before we talk a little more. Dwight is um, Kyle Kuzma switched agents, I guess. That's probably worth talking about. There was a lot of buzz around him signing with Clutch that did not happen. I was really uh, surprised by that, to be honest. So was I. He was like, he spent, he, he sent a few tweets out on Twitter 
where I was just like, all right, well, I can expect an announcement soon. He seems to be very in on the Rich Paul and LeBron James train. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but he is uh, with CAA Basketball now, and his primary agent is Leon Rose. Which, interesting, like, fun fact is Leon Rose was LeBron's agent before LeBron went to clutch. Um, that was his Which means yeah that's, the yeah, that's what that means. Uh, that was who Lonzo was briefly rumored to have represent him. But, yeah, that's LeBron's old agent. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but uh, just an interesting little little tidbit. I was surprised he didn't sign with Clutch, but CAA is probably the, the next best. Honestly, it might just overall, in terms of also, like, entertainment, it might be better yeah. than uh, than Clutch. And if Bron does Space Jam 3, I, we know who uh, <laughs> will be giving him a ring. Um, Kuzma is an interesting situation because obviously, I, I don't know the reasons be, behind him leaving his former agent. My guess is he just got too big for what he started out with and needed better representation. Yeah. Um, and the crazy thing about Kuzma is that he is up for an extension in like two seasons, which is crazy because I feel like he was drafted just yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Karis Avert just signed an extension. He'll be, I think Kuzma will be next next summer because Ingram can sign one this summer. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that'll be... I have no idea what type of market value Kyle Kuzma has, which this season will determine a lot of that. Uh, just another reason why this will be kind of a big season for him. But, uh, yeah, it's wild. Like That was why the Lakers basically had to make the trade that they did end up making this summer because the timeline was up. And, like, all these young kids are gonna, were going to have to start being paid. Um, Ingram gets an extension... Uh, potent, or is, uh, uh, qualifies for an extension or will be a restricted free agent and then Lonzo and Kuzma were going to be extension eligible um, next summer and that team was going to get pricey real quick so uh, that's why they had to make the move but yeah it's odd Kuzma is only it feels like yeah just yesterday he came into the league and hit literally every shot he took in the summer league his market is going to be interesting. I think, um, obviously, his value right now is as a scorer. And usually those guys, those guys make decent money. Like, if Kuzma's like a 38% shooter from three and like a 47% from the field, five rebounds, 20 points, that's a valuable player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't, I, I, one, I don't know if it's a max player. And two, I don't know if it's one the Lakers will devote, like, big long-term money to. Because assuming he reaches an extension by the end of the 2021 season, uh, that's going to eat into their 2021 cap space. And depending on whether or not LeBron James picks up that player option and Anthony Davis, Lord willing, signs a new five-year deal with the Lakers... Um, LeBron, AD, and Kuzma would be their team going forward, which I understand. You have to pay players. Like, that's 
<laughs> the way you build teams. Um, but I don't I don't know how confident I'd be in in like those three and, and a bunch of guys. So I mean, basically, what you'd be looking at, uh, assuming AD resigns. I mean, I feel like Kuzma will be in like the fifteen million dollar range that Green and is. So you're looking I hope at so. yeah, LeBron, yeah. AD, and Kuzma is like your big three, with the rest of the money. It depends on how much the cap keeps jumping. Um, it's a not. I mean, Luol Deng's money will eventually come off the books. <laughs> uh, we have to pay him three more seasons. Um, but like KCP's making eight and a half million. Uh, Avery Bradley's making the uh, biannual exception, I think. JaVale's $4.5 million. Like, there'll be money to get a couple other quality guys, but um, it'll be interesting to see what his market is. That's just another reason he's in for, yeah, like I said, this is a really, really important uh, year for him for a lot of reasons. Basically, I don't want to say make it or break it because it's not that serious but he's going to either make or lose a lot of money I think um, this season at least in terms of what the Lakers are willing to offer him in an extension the 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 other thing I'm really interested in not not to get too off base um, is those contracts you mentioned with with Avery Bradley and JaVale and KCP, those are probably the most tradable contracts. The only problem is, all three of those guys have, like, de facto no trade clauses this season. And I was wondering if you knew, because I don't know off the top of my head, if next season, assuming they opt into those player options, if, if that no trade clause goes away. Because, I mean, that, that's another way they can get a quality player is, is via trade. I'm almost certain they go away, assuming they opt in. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That'll be interesting because, I mean, those three add up to just shy of $18 million, yeah. Um which, yeah, you can get a quality guy for $18 million. The problem is they don't really have a lot of other assets to uh, attach to those guys. Uh, well, since I mean, they can, they can trade – their 2020 pick on draft night, can't they? Like, once the pick is made. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It would have to be, yeah, after they make the pick and, like, in that off season, I would imagine. Uh, it, they may have to wait, like, the 30 days for the pick to be signed. Because those guys, it, I guess it depends on when the opt-in date is for those guys. Because um, they wouldn't opt-in until after... Um, after that date, so it'd be, it'd be interesting. That, but yeah, they could next summer conceivably, like, in late July, early August, do a trade. Um, for, I mean, I don't even know who you would target, but yeah, they could trade next year's first. Right, and and see, going back, going back to Dwight, I think that's why it was so important and like a little frustrating for for them to use their roster spot on Dwight. It's because because of those de facto no trade clauses, like every roster spot counts. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, for better or for worse, the Lakers are kind of married to this roster for the rest of the season. 
And, um, I mean, I like the roster. I think it's fine. Uh, it's, it's just, it, it would, I would have some comfort level knowing the Lakers could switch things up at the trade deadline. Uh, but it's the Lake, if, if the players they have like where they're at, that's just not going to happen. So, um, if, if you, if you had to sell me on Dwight. Oh, good Lord. Do I have to? Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing. We can talk in a lot of hypotheticals when when talking about Dwight, which is really all people have been doing, like, to date. But from, like, a numbers perspective or or something that he's shown in recent years, and it, it might be a little unfair to throw last season out completely, um, but it was a pretty small sample size. So using recent years, let's just say the past two, three seasons, what does Dwight Howard bring to the table that the Lakers can genuinely use that nobody else on the team can bring? Uh, Well, I don't know that. I think part of the reason they signed him is quite the opposite in that he's uh, a lot like JaVale um, Mm. in that it won't really change depending on or regardless of which of those two are in the game. Um, he is, I mean, both of them, uh, you said last year was, I think, one of the first years he had a negative defensive uh, BPM. Um, so Dwight's a solid rim protector. He's a different kind of rim protector than JaVale. He doesn't chase quite as much. Um, so defensively, you would hope or think that he still has value there. Um, ideally, yeah, I mean, this is the hypotheticals you're talking about. Ideally, he just uh, becomes a pick-and-roll lob threat, which if he does, like, he's working with one of the, or a couple of the best pick-and-roll guys in the league. Um, but, again, we saw what JaVale could do last season, just being a lob threat, either in the pick-and-roll or in the dunker spot. Um, when Anthony Davis or LeBron roll to the rim. Um, And if you have a guy, like Dwight will still, even this year, have a certain amount of reputation where he's going to have some gravity around the rim um, if he's just standing in that dunker spot or even when he's rolling. um, He's going to have some gravity. He's going to have to make, he's going to have to basically prove that he still deserves that this season. Um, But It'll be interesting to see how defenses react to uh, react to him like on the court and uh, in pick and rolls and whatnot. Whether they still kind of help down as much as they used to. I haven't honestly watched a ton of his. Surprisingly, I haven't watched a ton of him in Atlanta or Charlotte or anything. I mean, the raw numbers are there and they're they're good. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the only numbers I've really looked at are the fact that his last full season, which was 2017-18, he was 17th in the league in the amount of percentage of times he slipped a pick and roll, which was always my biggest pet peeve <laughs> when he played with uh, with uh, the Lakers and Nash is that he just always slipped pick and rolls and never really set hard screens, um, which he has... 
he has the body to just be a wall on a screen, and when he sets them, they're good. He just would never accept that role. So, I mean, if you get him to accept that role, he would be a really, really good complement next to LeBron. Um, heaven forbid if Rondo's playing, he'd be a good complement to him in the pick and roll. Um, just being that guy in that dunker spot. Because, I mean, all they're going to ask him to do this season is dunk the ball and defend the rim. Yeah. Um, and rebound. Well, yes. Because he's he is good at that and and looking at the makeup of the roster it it seems like an optimist point of view is that you just have a lot of guys on the roster whether it be Rajon Rondo, Jared Dudley or Dwight Howard that have just been there before like they know when to box out um you know they know the pass to make with the exception of Rondo when he goes you know hunting for assists um it, uh, this is the first time in a while I've felt comf- like some level of comfort with the guys we're putting out on the floor and, and them being able to do their job. Um, and I think Dwight can be that guy. The thing I'm most interested in seeing is the type of role he's going to play. And, and by that, I really just mean the number of minutes he's going to play. Because for his career, he averages 34.5 minutes per game. Hasn't averaged... Uh, more than 30 minutes per game since the 2017-18 season, which wasn't that long ago. Um, and last season through nine games, he averaged 25.6 minutes per game. I could be wrong, but I do not see a world where Dwight Howard averages maybe even 20 minutes per game next season. Um, I basically see him as what Tyson Chandler's role was before his back basically gave out on him. Yeah. Um, which I'm looking... I was going to pull it up now. I don't... Uh, Tyson averaged 16.4 minutes per game. Um, that kind of probably tailed off after the first couple weeks. Um, the first couple weeks, he was playing a lot of minutes. Um, the first... 22 games he played, he was averaging 20 minutes a night. I'd be surprised if Dwight hits even 20 minutes a night. Um, I think 15, 16 minutes a game is what we're... If he plays 15 minutes a game, JaVale plays 20 to 22, then yeah. the rest of the minutes go to Anthony Davis closing games at center. Like That's, that's, what, a, I, that's what I think yeah. your center rotation is. And that's not a bad center rotation by any means, assuming Dwight can still play. Because I'm really, and I, I know a lot of Lakers fans are in the same boat, but I'm really high on JaVale after what he showed last season. Like, before he got pneumonia, <laughs> which is, like, a weird sentence to say, but he was genuinely very good. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the spacing with him and AD is going to be a little weird at times. But AD is such a good paint passer and post passer that having a mobile cutter like JaVale is going to be so helpful for them uh, and the one thing Dwight does pretty well uh, as well is cutting like I, I think that's a skill of his that's going to be really translatable to to what the Lakers are trying to do um, and you know having him AD and, and JaVale split those center minutes I think that's a solid center rotation um, my concern is what's going to happen with Dwight, like, from a personality standpoint, 
when the the Lakers play a team that likes going small, you just can't play Dwight on the floor because he's not as mobile as as mm-hmm. JaVale or AD, and he gets that first DNP. <clears throat> um, that's when I think the biggest issues with Dwight will start to arise, assuming it happens. As soon as he gets, you know, that first DNP or, or a back-to-back DNP, I think that's when we'll start hearing whispers from the locker room that, you know, he's unhappy with his role. Um, you know, he's requesting a trade or asking for a buyout. And at that point, that's just another distraction in the locker room. You're having to fill a roster spot in the middle of the season at a position of need. Um, and all of those things aren't unlikely which is i think is 100 percent the biggest turnoff about about dwight i mean in effect against better teams or in, in must win games or really even in certain matchups dwight is basically um the third string center uh, javel and anthony davis and then Dwight, um, so that yeah, there's gonna be nights where if he doesn't get a DNP, he's going to get five minutes, have a really bad plus minus, and then um, he won't he won't have played anymore, especially closing games. You would think that coming into the this situation, he would be aware of that and he would understand that. Uh, but that requires a certain amount of self-awareness that Dwight's never really had. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he I, I feel like he would know at this point that, like, especially, like, it's August, and he, it was almost September before he was signed to a team. Like, he, he has to, and that's kind of what he was saying in that he hit rock bottom. Like, he understands that this is his last chance. How much you want to believe him at that will be... Um, up to you, basically. But, I mean, the words he's saying would seem to suggest that he knows that he's not a starting caliber NBA center anymore, Um, which I don't think he'll win the starting job over JaVale. If he's won the starting job over JaVale, then we have, like, the idealized version of Dwight, which... I'll go back and eat crow on because basically I'm just going to, until I'm proven wrong, I'm just going to keep assuming this is a version of Dwight we're going to get because, as we said earlier, there's a mountain of evidence otherwise. Yeah, and I think that's similar similar to Avery Bradley. Um, you You can dream about the type of player Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard were and you can come up with every excuse in the book as to why they haven't been the player they've been um but I mean really all you and I and Lakers fans can do is evaluate the talent based on what they are now and what Dwight Howard is right now um is this a giant enigma like yes He's, he's a he's a giant Physically question mark on the roster. Physically and figuratively. <laughs> and uh, as, as I look at the roster, there are a lot of like unknown quantities, and Howard's one of them. And that can go one of two ways: either Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard are just awful, like as bad as advertising the number suggests, and the Lakers have two guys that are going to be regular DNPs on the roster. Um, or 
they rediscovered the magic they had a few years ago and the ceiling of this team is a lot higher than it used to be uh for the team's sake and ours, because we have to talk about this team, <laughs> I have to write about this team throughout the season. Um, let's hope it's the latter, but um, I mean, your based, guess is as good as mine. Based yeah. on how recent years have went, I'm assuming it'll be uh, the former, and that everything's <laughs> going to go terribly, and we'll miss the playoffs, because that's basically what I've been um trained to do <laughs> with with this team the last couple of years. I just want a playoff game again. Like that's all I want. I just want to see the playoffs again. I don't care what seed we are. Like I haven't really got into too many debates about like what seed the Lakers are gonna be this year. One, because I did it last year and I had to eat a whole bunch of crow. But two, I just want to be in the playoffs. I don't even care what seed we are. I miss playoff basketball. I want to see playoff LeBron on the Lakers. Yeah, even like, uh, give me give me LeBron James and Anthony Davis as an eight seed over literally, mm-hmm. and like any seeded playoff team. Like I I have I have very probable, like a, a appropriate fear of the Utah Jazz and LA Clippers. Like I think they're gonna be so good, but I also understand LeBron James and Anthony Davis are like two top ten players. And if you have that, you have a pretty good chance of winning a playoff series. Um, like the two guys we're going to talk about before we go uh, did, that's Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Um, they are feuding again, I guess. Quote, I mean, they've, quote. <laughs> they've downplayed it quite a bit. Um, but Kobe Bryant made a comment that I think most people can probably agree, agree with. Um, during an interview with, um, boy, I don't even know. It was with Patrick Bet David at the PH- PHP Agency Convention in Las Vegas. Um, he was asked if if Shaq was had the work ethic that he did, which is the perfect question to ask Kobe. <laughs> if somebody else was you, how great would that be, Kobe Bryant? Uh, and he said. Quote, and this is a transcript via TMZ. He said, quote, he'd be the greatest of all time, and he'd be the first to tell you that. I wish he was in the gym. I would have had 12 effing rings. He's Um, not wrong. And he's absolutely not wrong. And Shaq kind of clapped back on Twitter, was saying something along the lines of, you don't, you know, get statues uh, without working hard. And I think that's a fair argument, like, I think to say Shaq was just straight out didn't do his job would be inaccurate because he's arguably the most dominant center of all time. Um, but if he had that extra, that gear that Kobe went to, my God, we might very well be talking about the most dominant player to ever play the game. And he's, <laughs> like, even in spite of that, he's still in that conversation. Yeah, I mean... It's not mutually exclusive. Like, or, uh, Shaq worked hard, but he didn't work nearly as hard as Kobe. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like you said, Shaq's not wrong that um, you don't you don't get statues from not working hard or whatever the quote was. He also said something about where were you in two thousand four finals <laughs> or something. That which, was my favorite. Yeah, he said you would have had twelve if you passed the ball more, especially in the finals against the Pistons. Pistons. 
hashtag facts, which, again, both making valid points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is stuff like the stuff they're bringing up is definitely things that they've thought about. Like this isn't just off the cuff stuff. Like this feels like things that they've uh, thought about and let simmer um, for a while. But uh, yeah, I mean, they both went on Twitter and appropriate apropos of what we were talking about made up by throwing shade at Dwight Howard <laughs> and <laughs> saying it's a, he's Shaq uh, or Kobe tweeted there's no beef um, so he said they're too old to beef anyway I didn't know that there was an age restriction whatever <laughs> um, and Shaq said it's all good bro when I saw the interview I thought you were talking about Dwight <laughs> so uh, really just if Dwight unites former Lakers to roast him all season. Um, he'll be a good signing. I'll be in. I'll be in on it then. Like <laughs> I, I'm down for it then. But yeah, probably not a tremendous start to Dwight's uh, new tenure in LA. That two of the biggest stars in the franchise history are roasting him on Twitter. Yeah, imagine logging on and seeing that. That's so funny. That's like, that is the best play they've been involved in since game seven of the 2000 uh, NBA finals against the Blazers when Kobe threw that lob to Shaq. Right, you know to the Shaq. One. You all know the one. Yeah. And uh, did I say somebody else? No, no. I was just saying oh, Bryant okay. to Shaq. Like, that's the call. <laughs> Bryant to Shaq. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, this is definitely up there. This is probably in their top three plays. They just <laughs> dunk all over Dwight Howard. Um, Jacob, thank you for, for doing this podcast with me, and thank you for, for doing the episode last week. Shout out to Hani, Nevada legend. Yeah, we, right up there uh, with... we got way deeper into Jordan Caroline than I'd imagine anybody else <laughs> was going to. So well, if you're interested in that, feel free to uh, hop on to last week's episode and listen. And you can also mock us for being just ridiculously wrong about Dwight Howard. <laughs> Yeah, and I look forward to that. Like I, I've, I'd be so happy to be wrong about anybody on on this team being bad because, it, as much as I try to keep my analysis objective, I still very much am a fan of this team. Yes. Uh, so if somebody, like if Ronald Rondo comes and averages fifteen and fifteen and he's just like an All Star caliber point guard next season, I'm not gonna go. Yeah, well, uh, it was a bad process when they signed them, so I can't 100% get all behind the signing because he was a bad signing in the first place. It's like, it doesn't matter. You're showing up, contributing to wins for this team. I'm, I'm going to root hard for you, and the same can be said of Dwight Howard. Um, like, I genuinely don't care about the Dwight Murray stuff anymore. Uh, in hindsight, the best player they gave up in that trade was Mikhail Bridges, um, <laughs> which... Yeah. I don't even think that I don't think that was the Dwight trade actually. It, well, Landry Shamet was in that was officially in the Shaq trade. I was looking it up or the Dwight trade. I mean, I yeah. was looking it up while we were uh, while we were on air, and yeah, I was surprised by some of the names that were still. I didn't realize Landry Shamet was still a part of that trade, but yeah, that I mean, he, him or Iguodala would probably be one of the best players in that trade in the long run. Yeah. So. All things considered, hold on. Apparently, Dwight responded to the. 
to the shack to it. That's it. That was Dwight Howard saying. See, that could be like even an old an old video because Shaq has just dunked on him for years. That I don't even. It might be an old video. I don't even know. Yeah, and he might didn't he gave him the nickname Superman, which is really funny. Like among the like bully nicknames, Superman is a good one. <laughs> like even without context, if you were to pick on somebody and call them Superman. I'd be pretty impressed. It's also tremendous. I think uh, Ali, who does uh, weekly videos for us, tweeted out um, that it's really great that Shaq hates both of the Lakers centers on the roster currently <laughs> because he also yeah. is feuded with JaVale forever as well. That Yeah, that's a really good point. And I really respected JaVale by getting back at Shaq by being the most dominant center in Lakers history last year. That was <laughs> right. that was a flex. Shout All right, out to we're Jim getting Bale. we're getting we're, it's it's been too long. We need to sign <laughs> off. All right. Uh thanks for listening to the show guys. Thanks for for joining me Jacob and uh we'll see you all next week.